Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of the podcast. Uh, I'm Kyle. Hello, Kyle. I'm David. And Ooh. our special guest of the week is Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I was doing pretty well on this. I mean, we got some clouds today. It's been like 95 degrees and super hot. Oh, it's been crazy. But uh, yeah, the last couple of days, it's been uh, raining pretty good. Have you seen the meme yet for like, you know, the, I think it's Kermit the Frog looking out the window and he's like, every year, and it's just like rain. And then <laughs> this year, 2020, and it's just like 90 and sunny for like, you know, the, the long range weather forecast is just sun. Uh, I'd like some I rain. Have, I have I've not I, seen that, but I like that. I want to cool it down. I, I mean, it looks like it's kind of raining in our area, but it wants to. But anyways, without further ado. Um, so anybody that's listening for the first time, what Moscow Mules and Knob Slides is, is a podcast where we talk about drinks and, and then we introduce, uh, our cybersecurity professional of the week. And then we talk about what they like to do. Uh, this isn't about David or I anymore. If you want to hear more about us, go to podcast, the first podcast, but obviously we, we segue a lot and talk about different stuff, but let's get to the, the crux of it. Uh, Brandon, what are you sipping on this fine, fine evening? I am uh, sipping on a fine bourbon. There we it's go. Nice Jefferson. Just uh, cracked it open before this podcast started and was debating between this or uh, a drink that I made before that I actually named the Red Team, which is literally just Captain, Diet, and a splash of grenadine. Right. Like that. Is there something special about the Jeffersons? Is it like a go-to bourbon for you? It is. Uh, it, it took me quite a while to actually get a taste for bourbon. Um, I want to say that I acquired it uh, the last couple times of going down to Louisville, Kentucky for DerbyCon. Uh, and it kind of just stuck with me. R.I.P. DerbyCon. Right. I know. I'm going to miss it. Jeffersons is really good. Have you tried either the Ocean from them or the... Um... I don't know what's one is basically the last part of the, the process they put in Cab Franc barrels. I have not. Oh man, you have to try those. I'll send you those afterwards. But uh, Oceans is really good. The last eight months of the distilling process, they put it on like ships and it travels like something like 80 ports or something. It hits oh, wow. like across its journey and then back. But uh, my wife got that for me for my birthday a few years ago and I still have some, but it tastes like, as if you're on the beach and you got like uh, salt water on your lips and you had like a sip of like bourbon. So it has like that briny taste to it. It's interesting. It's interesting. I'm going to have to try that. And the other one that's in the Cab Franc barrels is just super almost like sweet where you don't even need to cut it with water. You don't even need to cut it with simple syrup. You can drink it straight up like on the rocks or whatever. But anyways, how are you, how you drinking this one tonight? How are you drinking this? Straight. No ice? Straight. No ice. I made the mistake. I uh, I thought that I had ice, and I apparently did not. So I uh, <laughs> made some more ice, and it's not done yet. So how how does one run out of ice? Are you cooling your house with a fan and ice cubes? <laughs> no, I was uh, making some other drinks uh, a couple nights ago, and I just didn't realize that uh, all my ice was gone. So well, well, were you making like smoothies? Were you blending up margs? What were you doing with the, all that ice? If I can pry uh, a little bit. I was actually making uh, some margaritas. Yeah. There we go. See, that's, that's, right. that's a quality use of ice. Exactly. Yeah. 
do you have like so i i thought about getting one of the jimmy buffett blenders where like it blends the ice and like it only combines ice and drips the water out and like makes a perfect margarita and like as jokingly it is it does make a really good margarita the problem is the blender is like a hundred some dollars you're like i'm not sure i want to buy a blender that only makes margaritas i am pretty sure actually my one best friend has one uh it's actually his wife's and it is amazing like i've been over there a couple times when they're in the margarita mood and uh, yeah it definitely makes good. a good one yeah I mean, we got we my buddy has one and then we're at a bachelor party i think his bachelor party a few years back and our other friend actually like ordered one to the airbnb house we had like via amazon prime because like that's what how good of a blender it was oh my gosh oh, that's awesome it never arrived long story short but <laughs> now, now i'm thinking i need to uh i need might to need to online i need to i've heard those are pretty good yeah, not, it, not, the nice thing about it is, that, like I said, it only puts the ice in, and all the water like soups, like goes into a cup underneath that you can dump out. Then, so like your margarita is literally like just blended ice in the mix, like no water down. So it does. I say it's probably worth it. I might be undercutting the price. It might have been like two fifty or something. That's when I was like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Still Holy probably God. worth it. I'm gonna have to Google that. Right. So. You want me to go first, or are you, or are you ready to go? Uh, I, I think I got to go. I got to get this. I got to get this open before it warms up too much. Yeah, do that. I have mine so, wrapped in tin foil again. Oh, so you're you're you've got this down. I got to figure out a better uh, mechanism. Uh, perhaps ice and a fan to keep my drinks cool. Yeah. As I as I <laughs> wait for my <laughs> wait for my turn to go here. Uh, but today I'm going to uh, I'm going to drink a Pliny the Elder. Uh, one of the most sought-after uh, West Coast beers on the East Coast, uh, one of the top-rated double IPAs uh, around. I'm sorry, Kyle, we can't drink one of these, but I'll get one for you at some point. I think um, I've had this. I think we had this when we were in Cali. Oh, that's right. You and I did go to California. Yeah, you're right. We got this on tap. We got this yeah, on tap out there. So yeah. yeah, don't don't worry about having any with me then. Uh, I got that shipped to. Uh, yeah, I think I've said. Oh, geez, I said too much already. So I'm just gonna stop right there. Uh, and I'm going to pour that, this bad boy, as soon as I fix my, my Jimmy Jam here, I'm going to pour that into a, uh, this is the first time I've ever used it. It's a, uh, like, uh, Justice League, but it's called Hop League. Uh, Justice League, uh, 16 ounce, I think it's called a Grand Craft Master glass. Uh, supposed to, you know, show off the body of a, an IPA a little bit better. But uh, that's from uh, a designer called 8-Bit Designs. Yeah. he has like a closed facebook group you can't get into it i can't get into it this is all second market shenanigans but um we're gonna we're gonna dip into this mode today and, that's uh, a thing of beauty right there oh yeah you like that are you a beer drinker I, like I, I am i am oh man that's a nice pour so brad i'm sure you heard it like exactly. previous podcasts since you watched i'm like david had like a absurd great collection of beer glasses and i was like that's silly well who would ever collect beer glasses and then like Four weeks ago, I started buying a bunch. See, that's what happens. You get into yep. it, and you just you yep. can't stop. It's it's an affordable habit too. And it's oh, definitely. <laughs> it's also <laughs> they all tell a story. They do, and uh, the eight bit so, designs just like kind of scream to my generation. Like that's just it just happens, right? You just, I don't know. We all turn love video games. Turn turn somebody into a Super Nintendo, Sega, Nintendo character, and I'm in. Oh, yep, that's beautiful. That, Mm -hmm. that and like yeah you're right this is brandon you just said it. it's like every glass could tell a story you're like oh i got this one because like i loved this as a kid or 
I got, I got a bunch lined up that's like, oh, you know, I have a Legends of the Hidden Temple glass I just got. I got a, a Deadhead glass from Black Ninja Design. I'm going to bring out one of these days. But like, they're all, you're right, they all have stories. And the reason why I was like, oh, I got that one, because like, that's all my parents listened to when I was a kid was Grateful Dead, right? Uh-huh. That is awesome. It's true. Like, a lot of that stuff kind of just brings back those, I don't know, sometimes good memories. But uh, oh, yeah. my, my kids are really into like the comic, comic book character, like Ninja, uh, sorry, not Ninjago, uh, like Lego um like lego video games so they're into like you know whatever they can get their hands on it's like lego guys but then they also got into you know superheroes so we've got like cyborg uh aquaman green flash or uh, green lantern flash uh regular you know martian manhunter on here it's pretty it's pretty awesome wonder woman can't forget wonder woman yeah don't forget like it's, a, it. it's a sweet glass they, they and like i said Superman. i can't you can't find these second market you know that often they just they just kind of pop up and you gotta you gotta bite the bolt on the price tag you pay for it so Kyle. I'm gonna have to keep my eye out. Uh, yeah, yeah well, if you want to get in the groups, let me know. I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> myself or Kyle will, will get you in because it's you know by vouch only basically. I use <laughs> I, I use Facebook for beer glass groups and like jujitsu, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's see. This week, uh, I didn't go out and buy any new beer lately because I haven't been hitting it that hard. But um, this is from my last trip to the. This, uh, distributor down the road and i've never had this but like what i'll do is i sit in front of there and i like look them up on untapped i'm like let me get anything that's a four point higher higher has like flavors i like looks like oj um, <laughs> so i got this one i got a flying monkeys uh sparkle puff galaxy starfighter defender of the universe uh triple ipa yep that's a mouthful and it has like a cat that's like colorful and like laser beams coming out of the uh, rainbow laser beams coming out of the eyes it's pretty actually pretty cool can i'm digging that can and it says extra extra strong beer underneath the can (laughs) i'm like oh stay away and due to uh david getting me on this glass thing and this is one of the ones i was like seeking out hardcore and i finally found it but it's remember the ninja turtles game uh, time hop where they traveled around. It was like the second Ninja Turtles game where you could play. Yep. Well, it's a time hop, as in like beer hop, but it's all of them. And it's a nice uh, Willie Betcher. Is that how you say? I think Becker. Becker. Becher. Becher. I'd let you get away with Betcher. But anyways, <laughs> it's uh, you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles probably the most uh, exciting glass that I have recently, and because it brings back like that was my Jimmy Jam back in the day. I probably still have like the figurines of like turtles in my parents attic i'm sure i do oh yeah i'm the same way and like i used to love that game like i used to play something fierce when i was younger it uh, oh yeah definitely brings back some memories you can get the i looked this up recently you can get the first turtles and time hop uh on like a mini like so they took an arcade thing and like kind of seemed it like made it smaller and you can put on like a tabletop and play it and it's about the same height as a normal arcade like 300 bucks off of like walmart and i was like huh where do i have space for that oh yeah I, what is it arcade arcade up or something is the company and they make a lot of like retro arcade games like that um i was actually very close to getting the i think it was the mortal Kombat trilogy yeah um, so it was mk1 2 and 3 and uh if you put turtles and street fighter in the same arcade thing i'd probably buy it today because that would be <laughs> Easily, I almost bought those glasses recently. Did you do um? Did, did you what was that uh? 
what was the, the Turtles arcade game that was like proper in the arcade? What was which one was that? I think it was just I think it was just called like TMT Teenage Turtles. I don't think it had like another name. Yeah, it might have been called like arcade game or something like that. TMT arcade. Man, that game was awesome. That was another one I like to play when the arcades yeah. were, you know, raging. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wasted so many of my mother's uh, quarters on that game. <laughs> Absolutely. My How's dad would taste? give us like my dad would give us like a roll of quarters, and then like he'd go play pinball, and just you know he would disappear in the pinball like machines. Just you know, just stay away from me while I play pinball. I was like my mom yeah. too. She was big into pinball, and I was like, mm-hmm. that must have been like that uh, that older generation loved their pinball, man. Love pinball. Yeah, I was never really into pinball when I was younger, and then like I got older and started playing just randomly at a couple of the uh, the pinball uh, arcades locally, and no, it's fun. You can really get into it, and they do like you can't bump it; it like will freak out. Yeah, like, yeah, s- yeah. Slam it like the old one. We Hitchhiker, probably... Hitchhiker in uh, Sharpsburg, they have like f- three arcade or uh, pinball machines there. Back when you could go in there, you get a hack oh, yeah. and just take the tilt sensor out. True. <laughs> just bypass it. <laughs> so uh, we forgot to ask you. So what's yours taste like, uh, Brandon? What do you? What do you? What? So do you prefer it straight up, like no ice, or you know? Obviously, you said uh, we talk about not having ice, but like, would you have rather had ice in it, or is it not? Bad? I I would have rather had ice, but this tastes glorious. Um, no problems at all right now. I'm actually uh, pouring a little bit more. Glorious. Look at that. Oh yeah. So what's yours taste like, uh, dude? Oh, it tastes like sunshine and unicorns and rainbows in a in a bottle, uh, liquefied. I mean, you know, just stick it in a stick it in a, a a brew kettle. And is this one of those West Coast? Is it, is it specifically West Coast IPA? Yeah. Oh, it's a West Coast Imperial, but it, like it's it's uh, you can't uh, talk to a, pod, a podcast audience, but it's nice and clear for a, a double. It's 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 a perfect color. Uh, it's it's not too malty. It's it's just amazing. It's just definitely a personal good. favorite of mine. I'm kind of wondering if mine's bad because it's pretty chunky. Oh wow! Well, that your your carbonation's going down. Is that right? No, that's chunks of like in the can. It might have actually be skunked. I'm not sure. Well, Should there, it be looking like that? You got the born it's, on date. It's a good question. It's your born on date. <laughs> it's a good question. So, sure. so when it says extra special beer, I don't know if that's also extra special bitters. Like if they tried to turn it into like a different style. The, yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of wondering. It doesn't look right. Yeah, I can't tell what this is. May 14th. Well, I'm going to drink it down anyways because I you, poured it. Can you give me the long name of that one more time? Uh, Sparkle Puff, Galaxy, <laughs> Starfighter, <laughs> Defender of the Universe. Oh, Holy cow. 10.2. 10.2. You're tangling with a big boy. It's made in Canada. Our lovely friends in the north. Uh, America's hat. I'm definitely going to try that. It, it almost sounds like one of those uh, uh, Facebook survey memes where it's like, right. <laughs> name something that's to the left of you and what you're wearing and right. the third person you saw today. Yeah, I saw Sparkle Puff. Yep. Exactly. Definitely Sparkle Puff would have been the first one that came to mind. <laughs> first cow. one to come. I don't, I don't know if it should look like that, though. It, it, yeah, I feel like it settled, and I probably sort of swift, uh, swiftied. <laughs> swiftied around a little more, but I don't know. I'm going to keep drinking it. It probably is not. It says May. I think it says May 14th, 20, 
on this. So Probably like, so, yeah, yeah, it doesn't taste uh, bad, I'm but you're right. I'm sure you can find like a YouTube pouring video of it to see what it's supposed to look like. It looks like. like it has pulp in it, like uh, from an orange juice. That's not carbonation. That's pulp like floating around. It's like oh, swirling. It's, it's good. Yeah. I don't well, know, man. I'll, I'll be all right. Enjoy. Uh, set, set your like emergency timer on your phone to check on you in like two hours and then uh, I'll give you a right. call. Well, I'm going to go in the sauna after this. No, so. you're definitely dead then. This way. No, there's probably like sea monkeys in there. That's yeah, what it's like right. South Park. It's, <laughs> it definitely, it's definitely sea monkeys. I think you're right. That's where, uh, you, get, that's where you get the sparkle puff from. Exactly. <laughs> sparkle puff sea monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Sparkle Plus Seamus. Just think about how awesome that that episode of South Park was. Oh, anyway. That's classic. Yeah. Mm. So, Brandon, tell us a little about you. I think <sighs> let's jump to the future because I know you were you were busting, uh, studying hard on uh, um, Sands recently. You want to talk a little about that? Cause I know you're, you're a big you, – you like the Sands classes. I think we've had many, many conversations before about it. And, uh, um, you just recently did one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Backtracking a little bit, I'm a huge fan of the SANS classes. Uh, I definitely understand that they're more on the expensive side, um, but I just really like the way that they push the information to the students. Um, you always hear people say it's like a fire hose of information. I'd say that's an understatement. Uh, it is just nonstop ingestion of, of information but it's done in such such a way and formatted in such a way that it just kind of at least sticks for me. Um, the, the class that I had just finished was the uh, Forensics 500, which is the Windows Forensics uh, course. Um, definitely super fun. It's one of those things that I always had like some personal knowledge of forensics and knew, my, knew enough to be dangerous, um, but just learning about uh, everything that involves that course with Windows Forensics, all the, all the uh, artifacts that are left behind. Uh, it was definitely eye-opening, uh, definitely fun. And at the end of the uh, uh, class on the Saturday, they had kind of a, a challenge slash uh, capture the flag event and my team ended up winning it. So it was good times. Sweet. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty sweet coin. I don't remember what it looked like, but I just remember it being pretty sweet. It was, it was almost like evil looking, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know the uh, podcast people will not be able to see this, but. Oh, that's is, dope. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's it say in Latin? Uh, Exumbra in Solemn, which translates to from the shadows into the light, which Ooh. is exactly what forensics is. It's taking that one percent cool. of information and uh, and finding the whole picture from it. So, so there's basically on that coin, it looked like a like a shadow figure, like a, like a flaming shadow figure, like reaching out. Is that what that was? Mm -hmm. Is that what I saw? That was that was pretty cool. So, yeah. is is your background? Your background's not forensics. Like, what uh, what is your background? Uh, my background is kind of crazy. Uh, what got me into technology and especially hacking to begin with? I want to say I was probably 13 years old. Uh, very first uh, computer. I remember it by heart. It was a compact Presario 5700T. Uh, <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah, I remember everything about that bad boy. Uh, a friend of mine ended up sending me a picture once through, I think, ICQ. And I opened it. You want to be friends? And 
it was not a JPEG. Even though oh, no. And uh, it ended up being, I believe it was sub seven. Uh, yeah, that was that was hot back then. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Old school rap from back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, after I got done being a little bit upset about that from my friends sending that to me, I thought it was so cool that like he could remotely open up my CD drive, pop stuff up, play random sounds. And I decided I wanted to build those. So I got a couple Visual Basic 6 books. Uh, <laughs> of course, I had dial-up at the time, so I was a huge, uh, uh, a, a huge fan of, I think it was pscode.com, that you could find like source code examples of everything. And uh, The original Stack Overflow. Oh, exactly. I mean, there was just a wealth of information on there. And it's like you had to trust the code. And, yeah. and back then, it's like, oh, why would somebody put something malicious here? So uh, I ended up learning uh, Visual <laughs> Basic exclusively for uh, making viruses. Uh, from there, it's like, well, I want to control these infected endpoints. So I had to learn some networking stuff because of the whole WinSOC uh, control with VV6. So I, I taught myself some TCP IP, all that good stuff, and had a pretty good uh, rat that was like a clone of uh, Sub7. Um, Did you distribute it through ICQ, or would you rather not say where this went? This did not go anywhere that would get me legally in trouble. There you go. Good there answer. it is. <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer. If we, we had a video podcast, I'd be like, Disclaimer. And I would put like some like uh, like hokey music on it, like going to the snack bar. It's just like. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. No, no. no. Only place I went was localhost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Local Must prove proof of concept. So I guess you didn't have persistence since you were over dial up, right? No, 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 no. It was uh, it was definitely a pretty uh, pretty horrible dealing with that back then, but that actually led me to my very first job, which was a software development job at a local tool and die company. Uh, I'm originally from Meadville, Pennsylvania, so about an hour north of here. Uh, ended up working there for a couple years. Uh, moved on over to an actual uh, help desk job just because it actually paid more money than I was making as a software developer at a tool shop. Uh, huh. Moved my way up from help desk to a system specialist, uh, to a systems administrator. Um, a little over six, six years ago, I uh, applied at where I'm working now, which is a financial institution in Pittsburgh. Uh, came in as a systems admin. Uh, they kind of realized that I had a passion for that scary security stuff and uh, ended up getting moved over to a new position, which was the information security engineer position. And apparently I did well enough at that. I am now the vice president of uh, vice president information security officer. So Ooh, fancy title pretty much doing everything uh, regarding information security. So doing a lot with the governance and program build out um, a lot of the hands-on tactical stuff with uh, triaging uh, uh, sim escalations um, phishing emails trying to find phishing kits from uh, threat actors that leave their zip files up there on the the sites 
stuff like that. So um, do endpoint management too. I'm sorry, Kyle. Um, do, do you do like the endpoint endpoint like uh, was that SIM? What's what's out there on your your nodes protecting your network? Uh, we're we're using a third party. Um, rather not say it. Uh, but uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah, definitely endpoint protection, uh, all that good stuff, uh, centralized security logging. So as, as, as someone in your position, which like, I mean, the title sounds like, I mean, the first word I, you know, I jokingly say it, but it sounds fancy, right? But like, so you still get to get your hands dirty, even though you seem like you're in like a, obviously a higher position. In, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm guessing this is not like 1980s, like uh, American Psycho, where like there's you know 3,000 VPs, but maybe there are 3,000 VPs, right? You know, if anybody remembers the Christian Bale movie where they, everybody was <laughs> vice president, right? Back in the 80s, yeah. right? No, but I, like, I hear you on that. But yeah, but I definitely so get to that's get great. hands dirty. Sweet. Um, one of the, the huge reasons that I keep pushing for like the SANS hands-on training and stuff um, as far as the SANS training, I, I got my feet wet with the, uh, the GSEC pretty much. So security essentials, like that a lot. Uh, the next one I got was the, uh, it was actually the prep course for the CISSP. Um, and of course, GIAC has their own version of that certification, the GIS, GISP. Uh, and then uh, after that, I ended up doing the uh, incident handling one which that was a lot of fun. Um, that was actually my very first uh, challenge coin win. Uh, nice. The incident handling course was kind of split 50-50 between uh, actual defense side of incident response, but also the, uh, the offensive side. So password attacks, um, privilege escalations, all that good stuff. And uh, the way the CTF was kind of designed was uh, probably five or six uh, systems made up of various Windows and Linux boxes. And uh, each one that you ended up owning uh, gave you a little piece of the end flag. And uh, after you got every one of the other boxes, then you could actually uh, do some other cool stuff and get the remainder flag. So which one of these SANS classes do you think has been the most applicable to the job that you've had over the last like six years, given the, you know, you're still, you're still in the security role. So like all the SANS classes you've taken, which one are you like, if someone else is out there to say like, I want to take a SANS class and I don't know which one to do, but I'm in a security job role. Like which one do you feel like is, I got my most bang for my buck because I like, not only did I learn something, I've applied it like almost religiously since I've taken it. I want to say probably it's going to be a toss up between the incident handling one and the base foundational GSEC. Um, the GSEC, of course, gives you just a lot of the foundational knowledge that you need to be an information security professional. Uh, I'd say that the incident handling one kind of went up from there. I mean, you're learning a lot of the low level stuff uh, in the GSEC. So pretty much what, what is penetration testing? Can you, uh, can you read through a header for a, a TCP or UDP, uh, stuff like that? But you actually get to apply it in more of a hands-on fashion, I'd say, with the uh, instant handling certification. That's, I mean, that's good. Because like, you know, the other Brandon we had on, or BC, we had on, people podcast he was, five maybe? Six, Seven, somewhere in that eight, range. Seven. Six. 
four? I don't know. So I think he was seven. Uh, BC, like podcasts. my other buddy, the other Brandon that we've had on, he was my. We talked about like certifications and where people could go, and like some people that like don't haven't gone out and gotten you know masters in some type of cybersecurity things. Like what else could they do, or even bachelors in that? Like what else could they do? So it's good to you know put because you see I've seen it. And, yeah, I I've taken a SANS class, but it was different back then because it was when I was at NSA and and it was like. You didn't know it was a SANS class because it was offered internally and stuff like that. So I didn't know what I was even doing, getting myself into. So it was a lot different. But it's good to kind of put it out there for everybody and understand, like, which ones are, the, you know, most bang for the buck. Because that's what you see all the time, like, on the Pittsburgh yeah, Slack. You hear about that. Mm -hmm. You see it on the Twitterverse, like, you know. So it's good to actually you know, put that out there. And hopefully people do listen to this and, you know, take your advice, given your, you know, where you've grown in your career and what you've found to be valuable from, yeah, like if you're going to invest, you know, seven grand-ish, like this is what you should put your money into. Was oh, there any, for sure. Was there any sort of like an instructor that you can remember being like super awesome or was it like the course material that, that, that draws you to, to say that it was like the best thing, like? Because your 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 instructors, I've I found over the years in in the limited number of courses I've taken, like you can be interested in the topic, but if it's not presented to you in a way that you can ingest it and learn it, and you know have the sort of experience that you think you should have had, mm -hmm. then it's you're probably going to have a skewed opinion at the end. Like the instructor was crap, right? No, so, exactly. And I've definitely taken classes outside of SANS like that, where I was, I was so invested in wanting to learn it. Um, but the instructor just kind of didn't, did it in a way that it was like, oh, this is schoolwork. Um, uh, feels, one, feels like busy work. No, exactly. <clears throat> but one thing I will say about SANS is I think a part of the price tag that you're paying is just the quality of the instructors. Um, I have yet to have a SANS instructor that was bad um, or even close to not being great. Um, Good Heather, for them. Yeah, Heather, which was our instructor for the uh, Windows Forensics, um, rock star. Uh, she has a huge passion for forensics. Um, she's actually developed the, uh, the smartphone forensics course through them. I believe she works at Cellubrite right now, but everyone that I've really dealt with instructor wise has just had such a passion for what they're teaching and a passion for, for seeing that light bulb go off in a student's head. And it, I mean, that, that's why I love SANS. Awesome knowledge, but also just a lot of the times the instructors will give the, 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 the stuff that they've experienced in their career is examples or walk through redacted cases. And it's, that's the type of stuff I like seeing. How many SANS yeah. courses do you think you've taken? Uh, SANS wise, one, two, three, four SANS courses. Nice. All, and all decent, all like recommended? All, all recommended. Like I said, I, I have, yeah. I've yet to have a bad experience. Uh, I was actually kind of worried about the forensics one I just took because Originally, it was supposed they were supposed to have a, uh, a, a class in Pittsburgh on premise. And of course, that. with everything that's going on, they moved it uh, date wise and they moved it to a combination of go to meeting and Slack. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, so you found value in the sands. And like, that's that says something because not that no one has found value in it, but everybody's always tentative because when it comes to the cost, right? I mean, you got mm -hmm. it's it's the 
it's always ROI when it comes to things, you know, a lot of exactly. things, right? And you're like, what's my return on investment? And you're right. And like, as someone that teaches and David teaches as well, we like to bring our work into the classroom, even if it's redacted formats, because students can really see that you're not shooting them bullshit, right? You're shooting them like mm -hmm. stuff that you've come across and that's why I'm telling you about it, right? Like, so I appreciate that from the sand instructor. And you know, the ones I've known from the Twitterverse over the, you know, over the years, you can see based on the stuff they post and where they work that, you know, that also backs their credentials, right? So it sounds no, like, I mean, exactly. Sans, Sans has never been a bad thing in my mind, but I think everybody's always like, oh, the money, money, the amount of money I have to shell out. But, you know, no, everything, lot, there's a cost a benefit of, to everything, right? Exactly. And it's one of those things, of course, I get where a lot of those people were coming from because every job description you ever find, it's like, we want you to have the CISSP and then a bunch of unrelated GIAC uh, certifications. And I totally get that. And outside of the SANS training, like a lot of the stuff that I learn is just self-learning. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the process of teaching myself uh, IDA right now for reverse engineering, just because I might not ever, ever do that uh, where I'm at right now but it's something that's fun for me. Yeah, well, at least you didn't say Ghidra. Because <laughs> <laughs> we would have had another 20 minutes about why you I, shouldn't be using Ghidra. I can't wait to get into that. Oh, come someday. on, Ghidra is awesome. I mean, I'm sure it is for somebody somewhere. You, you, push, you, push, you push that one button and, the, and then the monster just kind of flies out at you. Yeah, get your, yeah like, push button, get candy. Get that, get that decompiled code that, you know. Made. Where's that easy button? Maybe right. Exactly. That, that's all we want, man. Just look at that easy button. Yeah. Yep. And then that teaching like, a whole generation of reversers to do it wrong. Yep. <laughs> I have you opinions. Don't, you, you don't want to get us on that path. We'll, we'll, we'll lots of opinions. We'll commandeer well, like three hours later. We're still talking about it. Well, it's, it's a good thing uh, I mentioned Ida then. So yeah. Uh, like I said, it's one of those things. Like yeah. A lot well, feel, of feel and free and to reach out, man. And, and yeah. And with especially to David. I mean, I'm. I'm I would call myself intermediate compared to the expert over there. But like what, what you benefit from your background is the development is that one of the things that someone told me to get better at reversing back in the day was write your own code, do something like connect to a socket to Google, mm -hmm. compile it and then reverse it. Right. So you get the idea of what, you know, and then compile it for different architectures too and different like, like compiler options. Right. And then, then you can get like, Oh, this is what it looks like when it does like, a socket connection versus using like the Windows API, right? Things like that. No, we told our, exactly. We told our kids to do that in uh, uh, the, the course that I teach where, you know, if, if you want to see something work, uh, especially not even just like in Windows world where you, you, you can switch like the API call or just call from a C socket or import a library, just compile it for like ARM, compile it for PowerPC and see what it looks like. Because mm -hmm. there's going to be a handful of differences and you're going to be a better reverser for, for being able to recognize that sort of stuff um, in, no, in your work. It, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, a, a lot, I, I find some of my samples online, but a lot of them I just pull straight from, from some of my honeypots that I have set up in my home lab. <laughs> yep. Honeypots. So, what, what do you use for honeypots? Let's talk about that real fast. I don't, yeah, I well, don't do honeypots. I know Kyle, I think maybe honeypots. What uh, can, can someone walk me through a honeypot um, not being a honeypot pro? Brandon, it's uh, all yours, man. What I, you I would say with for me, I wanted to do my honeypots in the most lazy way fashion. 
So I am using, uh, was it Modern Honey Network, where you okay. can pretty much install it on a, on a VM, uh, configure what type of honeypot you want, whether it's like a WordPress honeypot, uh, SMB honeypot, stuff like that. And it pretty much just spits out the bash file. So bring up another VM. Uh, typically, I use some uh, older Ubuntu VMs. Paste that into terminal, hit enter, and it connects straight back to the money, the uh, the money pot now. The money pot. Yeah, the money pot. <laughs> yeah. So is yeah. is this the, the thing you money have to pay for? <laughs> I don't know anything about Modern Honey Network. I don't know. No, it, it, it's all free. Uh, they all they free. have a bunch of different styles of honeypots that you can configure with their system. Um, I, I don't want to glorify the Pew Pew map, but they've got a <laughs> map. Uh, can, you, can you back that up and say that again? Pew Pew map. So, pew, pew you map. know, the, the, lovely, uh, <laughs> the lovely thing that a lot of security vendors oh. do where it shows the, the map of the world like oh this c2 is attacking this one the threat exactly. button map is what you're telling me yes exactly. threat map. Yes. <laughs> yes which which kind of funny uh as much as i will make fun of those maps i decided after seeing uh which one that modern honey network was uh using i decided to try to build my own with uh python and Django's. so that's i mean People like that, man. Like, you know, people with titles of VP like to see that <laughs> pew pew maps. He no, likes it so it, much he built exactly. his own. That's yeah. right. No, it's actually a part of a, a kind of a decently sized personal project that I'm doing uh, with Python. And uh, it's pretty much a dashboard that will uh, legally scrape some content from certain sites. Uh, some of it is RSS feeds, some of it is scraping uh, with Scrappy, but uh, just give me a one-stop shop for, for various security news, uh, some CV stuff that's coming out, and then of course the beautiful pew pew map in the center with uh, pulling information from my honeypots. You should check out um, malware.news. Malware.news. So Malware.news is the RSS feed that pulls in a lot of stuff. Uh, that's actually Chad up in the good old Ottawa, or uh, oh, Friends of the North. America's hat. I'm seeing America's a theme hat. right here with our friends to the north on this. So song. yeah, so we the uh, background like we're gonna have a few of the our our, our Canadian friends on. I'm um, trying to get Chad. Um, some will work for the government of Canada, so they're a little less willing to do it, understandably, uh, in some sense, because if everybody doesn't like to talk about their places of work and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's Geek Week up in Canada. It's it's a great conference. It's long. It's like 10 days, but it's like a hackathon-ish type thing. And you kind of support the Canadian government and the Canadian, uh, uh, you know, you have telcos come in because you got Canada is run very different than we are in the States. And it took me like two Geek Weeks to understand how it's done. It's like Canada actually like oversees banks. Like the, the, the nation of Canada, the government of Canada oversees and, banks and, and telco. telcos yep. and like, and everything else like associated with it. And like, you know, you as a user at your home can call like a hotline to like, you know, the C-cert, you know, the DHS of Canada and, you know, ask about, you know, talk about problems. So well, there's a conference, there's a, there's been a hackathon-ish type of event called Geek Week, and it's great. It's great folks there, and that's where I've met a lot of my uh, good Canadian friends. And 
some really smart minds in the game. And uh, if anybody wants to look that up awesome. uh, out in podcast land, it's g33kw33k.ca. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a fantastic. Uh, I can vouch for it. Um, I've I've been to one. Um, would have somehow misscheduled the other ones, but you know it's it's a great time uh, for you know coming together from you know our country and their university. There, there's a lot of university students up there that are participating. Thank goodness. Um, getting telcos the, and getting like the cybers. Oh, you can network yeah. out the out oh, the man. wazoo out there. It's it's fantastic. And maybe and Ottawa's great. And Ottawa's great for those that have never been to the north. Like Ottawa makes you feel like, besides Montreal and probably maybe Toronto, I've never been, but Ottawa makes you feel like you're in Europe. You get a European feel. I kind of want to go there. Uh, the oh, only man, parts it's... of Canada I've ever gone to, of course, was like the typical Niagara Falls. Or and... Windsor, oh, no. right? Probably yeah, Windsor. It's way different. Yeah. Only <laughs> yeah. other place I've been in Canada was uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, which was gorgeous, but it definitely wasn't for uh, anything cyber, and it was well before I knew what cyber was. So. Yeah. And cut like Pittsburgh in half and then like retain all the old like, like Fort Pitt style architecture in like yeah. old buildings and then that's Ottawa, pretty much. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's really weird too. <laughs> yeah. You cross you cross the river, uh, the Gatineau River, and you're in Gatineau, which is basically like Quebec. And they like literally, you're talking like three miles as the crow flies. You can go to a restaurant and they speak French first mm -hmm. before English. So like it, it all, all like kind of like takes you to a different place too. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm like two miles from my hotel at a really good restaurant, and they greet your table in French, you know. You're like, um, whoops, hi, oh, hello. Awesome. <laughs> like, oh, hello. Bonjour. <laughs> so it's a fries. So hopefully one day we'll be able to go back up there. Maybe I'm to go back. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I missed the last one. Um, I, I, I saw some really good projects up there that, you know, we, we could have hopped on for sure. There's another great conference. We hope they have called countermeasures, which usually happens around the same time. It's, it's up in Ottawa. So <laughs> I've heard of countermeasures before. Yeah, it's oh, that's uh, so cool. Uh, so like I'm we're gonna, I'm gonna get Krim or Mike Sue on here too. Or another more Canadian folks. But I mean so we, we segued really good into like, you know, uh, some of your personal projects you're working on. But one of the things that you had on that we were kinda of, uh, talking about, you know, things um was that we haven't really talked about other things that other people have talked about, but mentorship. You want to dive into that a little bit? I mean, to me, mentorship, uh, it's one of those things that it's great in all the industries. I've personally had a lot of great mentors, uh, whether it was in IT, uh, information security, stuff like that. Um, shameless plug kind of, I did not go to college. Um, I taught myself everything. Um, my second boss that I had, which is uh, when I moved over to infrastructure side of IT, so help desk, network systems, uh, typical ex-Marine, uh, I'm sure you know that, that mentality, I respond well to that. Uh, I want a person that will kind of uh, be able to tell me like what their magic sauce is. What am I doing wrong? That is huge for me. I want to know when I mess up on something and I want to know why. And then I'm not going to mess up on that again. Um, and uh, like I said, I've, I've just been very lucky 
when it's come to having uh, managers in my life. Even in my current position, uh, when I first came on as a systems admin, uh, my manager at the time, uh, ex, uh, I think Air Force, uh, just typical, you know the mentality, or the uh, military mentality. And like I said, I respond well to that. Um, uh, now, just with the position that I'm, I'm moving into, uh, stuff like that, I have another excellent uh, uh, mentor in my life, uh, Joe Wynn. Um, I know he's pretty popular in Pittsburgh as far as... Uh, well, he also, he's been doing the B-Sides Pittsburgh. Let, let's forget about the B-Sides Pittsburgh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, he's been doing the B-Sides Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uh, but that's all, that's how I know Joe. That's all I know Joe yep. from actually. So, yep. Joe's just, he is an awesome person when it comes to being able to relate, uh, certain challenges, uh, and just trying to get that experience that, that he has had in his various careers. And, uh, I know that, that he runs a, a, a local information security shop CISO, uh, and it's one of those things like that he uh, he hires good people, in my opinion. I've never had a problem when it comes to uh, anyone that I've reached out to at that organization, stuff like that. Um, I know that uh, as, far as, as far as personal uh, mentorship that I have given, uh, we actually had a uh, help desk person at, at my current job. And... Uh, he really thought information security was awesome. And of course, it's one of those things when you think of security, you think of hacking and, oh, I, I just want to hack things because that sounds so cool. So I would like take him off to the side and show him various things uh, in all the domains with, with security, whether it was offense, showing him something cool, forensics, uh, instant handling, stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately, he ended up going to another organization. He uh, found a calling for a, uh, a, a some type of a uh, security position there. But I'm so happy for him. Um, he was able to get to what his actual passion is, career-wise. Yeah. Which that that's so huge when it comes to doing something in your career uh, is finding something that you actually have a passion for. All right. And also like shout out to mentors, because as, as somebody that's, you know, more senior in the game, you can, you can respect and understand and, you know, I don't want to say approve, but like give someone a little pat on the shoulder and be like, yeah, like, like if you want to leave and like, go do that, like go ahead and do it. Make, yeah. you know, it's your life, man. Go do what makes you happy. Yeah. And, I, I uh, remember yeah. during his tenure, uh, where I'm at now, um, he ended up doing his CompTIA Security Plus, and I was so stoked for him. And it's like, I, I did the whole CompTIA stuff. Oh my God, I did that. Day. I forgot I did that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long. I mean, I, I did cannot, it too. I cannot stand their questions. They were Damn. terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, I don't know. We <laughs> sponsor someday, uh, CompTIA. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a great class. It's, I don't find it to be useful. Um, as someone that reverse engineers things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think you know. even going back a little bit, what you were saying, I think one of the wow. big things you mentioned is that, you know, people got to think about is that you didn't go to college and mm -hmm. you got where you are. And I, I think that's a sort of, I want to kind of, you know, hit that again is that like, 
you had a lot of drive and, and I'm sure you had a lot of help along the way, but you still had a lot of drive. And that's important to acknowledge too, is that you said like, I want to do these things and I'm, you know, I might have to start. And you see this thing is like, you know, I've, we've, we've all seen it in the Twitter verses like, Oh, you need to start out and help desk before you go to information security. We can debate that all day. Let's not even go that route. But like we can, what we can say is that you chose to go in a technical position and worked your way and then found something you were interested in and said, I'm going to learn about that and spend time outside of you know, work to do that. And I think what this all boils down to is that wherever you are in your career, and, and I think we're one of the very few fields that you need to continue to learn, right? Uh -huh. Whatever that is, we all do things differently, right? Like we all respond to things differently. Like Dave and I were talking like, hey, you should check out this class. Like I can't do online classes. This is not for me. And I'm like, fair. And like, it's hard for me too, right? Like I really need to be focused that day, even though I know this material is interesting, you even sit for six minutes to watch a video because you're like, I can't sit for six minutes. Yeah. I can't sit for six <laughs> minutes. Exactly. It makes it so difficult. But if we were in like Las Vegas, I'm like, I'm going to sit for eight hours. Cause I know after this, I have a fun eight hours after. Yeah. That, right? I can right. do it. Like that's, that's a, that's a weird thing to think about is like, I can sit in Las Vegas for, for six to eight hours and take my class, but I can't sit in my own house for six minutes and take that class. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it online, man. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. No, and, and the one thing I noticed, like always exclusively doing uh, in-person classes to this online class, I think it's a, a big part of it for me is just when I'm physically in class, I, I feel it's disrespectful to have my phone out and stuff That's like right. that. That's right. Yep. And I literally turn it off, put it in my pocket until lunchtime and then yep. hope yep. that nothing burned down. Do you get judgy um, when you sit in like a middle or a back row and you can see everybody else like surfing the internet and you're like, oh, that dude's not paying attention or like they're judgy. over there, they're spinning up separate VMs. I have no idea what's going on over there. I know <laughs> I do. Well, yeah, I, I definitely do. Uh, on the positive though with me, if I know that there's a CTF at the end of the class, I know that uh, they're not going to win probably. Yeah, I do that. I do that weird thing where like I have to sit in the back of the room because I don't like being in front of people. So like I'm always I'm always in view of like everybody's screens. Like that's just kind of how I've grown up and like, you know, the, the kind of weird things about me. Like I don't I don't want people behind me. So, you know, you sit back there and you watch everybody else like doing stuff, like not doing stuff. And you get judgy a little bit and you're like, uh. I don't know if you're learning what what your company paid for you to be here and you're not doing anything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I hear you on that. It's a, it's a good theme of our show to like to, to, to kind of circle back. Like we've talked to a, a handful of people that you didn't, you don't have to go to college to do this. Like that's not a requirement. It's not a prerequisite. It seems like the prerequisite is like a willingness to learn and a drive and ability. There's, there's like these three things you kind of have to juggle at the very least to want to be successful. And that's, I don't know if uh, those kind of things probably, um, what is the, was the word like kind of transcend, you know, just this field, right? You, if you have those, those sort of things, you, you can work to be successful. No, um, it, it, exactly. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, I know at some point I'm going to probably go to school and get that piece of paper. Um, get the paper. It wasn't right for me at the time. And yeah. honestly, a lot of the, the schools that I've been looking at, I mean, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to want to do the online courses just because I have a career, I have my yep. own life, but a lot of the, the certifications even that you can get during your career 
will be pre prerequisites mm -hmm. for certain courses. Um, just with the, the GIAC ones that I have right now, I, I believe there's probably four, four courses that I can just pass out on because this is actually the material that was taught. Yep. It's an accredited, uh, SANS is an accredited institution and yep. the credits come over. Yeah. I mean, even that to like, even the point is that people that might not have the ability to get things, you know, you know, and get the, and take SANS courses, but where can you start? You can literally buy a Raspberry Pi and mm -hmm. do it. And like the listeners out there that like, you know, maybe that might not be in your budget at the time to buy something to be able to, because you need to, it's more than a Raspberry Pi, right? You need an SD card or whatever. Reach yeah. out to us, you know, we're happy to sponsor students to, you know, get yourself a Raspberry Pi because all you need is once you have the Raspberry Pi and SD card, you just need an HDMI cable and a keyboard and external mouse and connect everything right to your TV, right? You can write code right in that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that Raspberry Pi, you know, Linux OS, you know, I mean, and do that type of stuff. You can literally do a bunch of different stuff. And that's what I teach a lot to the, you know, David does a lot of stuff on the Windows side of reverse engineering. When it comes to my courses I teach, I teach a lot to the Linux side because students don't have access. I mean, now that they released the MSDN license and the free to students and education for Windows 10, I mean, that has come about in the last year. But previously, that, that didn't exist in that some same sense, right? So to do Windows type stuff, you had to pay for the courses. But so I treated everything to be like Linux side stuff. Let's talk about the Linux side stuff because it's easier to recreate, right? You know, mm -hmm. things like that. But so you can still cover a lot of the basics and at least a lot of analytical skills that you can use on the Windows side if you can only get your hands on the Linux side stuff that's open source, right? So. Oh no, I, I fully agree with that. And I mean, there's outside of like the expensive stuff that you can purchase, like even for a home lab. I mean, my home lab has gone through so many reiterations from it literally just being a, a VMware workstation on my own laptop to I got a bunch of old laptops and bumped up the memory on it. And I had probably at 1.8 laptops with 16 gigs of memory each running ESX. And then for me personally, I moved up to an older uh, uh, Dell R730 and stuff like that but i still have some of my i'm looking at right now uh, a couple pieces of my home lab they're purely laptop based running esx yep. Yep. and there's just there's a wealth of of information out there freely available hey go to ebay go, go to yeah. ebay and, and buy yourself a cheap equipment we talked to uh dale bought servers that were just beast servers for a couple hundred bucks um, yeah. they're out there i still haven't bought one but i need to buy i need to get that link again make we're sure we're talking sure. about beast servers like we're talking it's like 128 stuff. gigs of ram with mm -hmm. like and you just got to buy the hard drives for them or something and like it, or maybe no it had the hard drives it didn't have the drives. os so you just throw like linux on it you have yourself like 128 gig RAM server and you running can virtualize ever. Like this. Yeah, you're good to go. Just, you know, throw virtualization on there and just. You can throw a window. You, you can buy a Windows license and like virtualize in Windows. You can spend a whatever. I don't even know how much Windows costs these days to buy a license. It's cheap. Imagine what this stuff costs when we were in like college or like. Oh, it was expensive. You know, when, you're, well, when, I mean, when you're playing on your parents, you know, Tandy. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, things are just progressively getting Insane. cheaper more attainable um i learned so much from just going and, and doing youtube videos um for for the most part that's how i'm trying to to teach myself reverse engineering i have a couple other ebooks that i got on uh a website but 
yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'll, I'll plug it because we actually talked to a colleague of ours today about this. That check out OpenSecurityTrading.info. It's an old, mm-hmm. old uh, website. You know, uh, a lot of the people that taught it were old MITRE courses that they posted publicly. I know the few of the individuals went on to start a firmware company and then were bought by Apple. So like. The individuals teaching these RE courses are great. Uh, that's one thing to check out. Um, it's the course, the videos are downloadable. The course material is downloadable. It's all downloadable. It's free out there. They all like use certain references. I actually just saw another book that someone's writing about malware analysis and, and detection engineering. It's going to be coming out. Well, uh, is, that, is that through uh, No Starch? N- no, it's not. <laughs> Rats. <laughs> It's, I don't know, I, I forget who it was through, but I saw it on LinkedIn today, like literally an hour before we got on this podcast. Oh, that's and cool. Then, and then saw it's for pre-order on Amazon, right? And I'm like, oh, and like, you know, people that were giving already initial feedback was like the CEO of Zero Day Initiative. So like a lot of people that have read through the book and been like, this is a solid quality book. So it's not only our analysis, but how can you imply that and build threat protection for it? So I there's not, there's not enough text out there like that right now. So. That book will fall oh, off really the cool. shelves. Now, so I find, if, I, if I find that link, I'll send it to you afterwards. I was just going to say the important question is, uh, did you like that LinkedIn post? Because I'm going to OSINT you and uh, see what your yeah. activity Yeah, you're right. I don't know if I did or didn't because like, I need to look this up. But if I go back to LinkedIn, <laughs> hopefully it didn't refresh and it'll be right where I left off. So, so yeah, some shout outs to other books. Uh, Practical Malware Analysis. We, we talked about Still this earlier quality. today. Um, Still a quality book. The Hands-On Guide to Dissecting Malware. Uh, most yep. of software. Uh, root the Kits. Ida, the Pro book also. want to give a shout out to that one. And the Root Kits cool. book as well. The root Kit Arsenal. And oh, man, James. I love that one. Well, not Rookie, also the other Rookie book by oh, uh, oh. James, Jimmy, uh, Jim Butler, and Greg Hollig. I'm trying to see if I see that. Uh, and also, shout out to the C book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> classic C book. <laughs> you gotta be into the C book. That is awesome. Uh, I dropped that class first day when they're like, we're gonna talk about pointers. I was like, no, we're not. You had not. C? You had a C class? When I didn't know of C back in grad school, I took yeah. a C undergrad class. And he's like, we're going to talk about pointers first day. And I was like, no, oh, we're man. not. Brandon's, wow. Brandon's down here talking about Visual Basic. And I remember I had a, a, a bunch of Visual Basic courses at the high school level right before they switched to Java. So, like, I took Visual Basic, whatever it was, uh, did really well at it. You know, not to, not to pat myself on the back for, you know, flipping Visual Basic in, you know, <laughs> 1999 2000 whatever it was but then like then java came over and you're like oh i missed the java classes no exactly in in, in vb6 i mean yeah i think it was i i I will praise it because it got me into development and everything i am now but it taught me so many bad habits when it came to (laughs) development I remember right after Visual Basic, I tried teaching myself uh, C++, and it's like, yeah, this isn't working out for me. So <laughs> then I took a I took a break from that, got out of the software development job, and just started doing things as a passion and like trying to do things the way you should be instead of the VB6 way. And so like, that that. It's a really good segue before we kind of like, you know, close it down. We're, we're getting at an hour. I respect everybody's time and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, um, 
one one segue that we I've seen across the Twitterverse and all that, you know, we've had conversations with other students and across everything. Is do you do you Brandon and I'm not putting you on the spot because we'll also respond as well. You feel like you need to have some type of development background to be good in the information security realm, or can you learn that later on? It really depends on what you're doing um, and what your strong points are. For me personally, I always go back to, well, there has to be a programmatic way of doing this. Um, even, even just like on the help desk side, there's so many things that I learned when I was in help desk that helps me right now in my position with security. But when it comes to like uh, programming, I mean, to me, that's one of those things that I typically try to learn something new. Uh, start out with VB6, C++, C Sharp, Python. Python's my GM now, um, just because. Um, you would have said Perl, we would have ended the podcast right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no I'm, not a, I'm not a Perl head yet. A uh, couple people trying to convert me, but no, I'm not yet. Don't let it happen. No, I mean, anything that I want to do, I can do in Python right now. Um, and, and I have a weird way of learning things. Uh, I don't like the whole hello world thing. I don't like the uh, Celsius to Fahrenheit learning. Uh, I'll try to find a use case that I want to just build and I'll learn along the way. Um, a lot of it goes back to how I learned Visual Basic. I will try to make yeah. something ethically malicious and go from there <laughs> will you yeah. I mean, even with python like i mentioned a couple of the projects i was doing uh currently also working on a program called ocentive which connects to the uh people.com p-i-p-l-e or p-i-p-l.com api for pulling information on people um stuff like that. It's so cool. And even thinking back to my career now, uh, I found a vulnerability in uh, an application. Uh, it's since been remediated after a few years. Um, but I was able to make a, a proof of concept code with Python that could pull down a whole bunch of important documents without being authenticated. And it was just nice about. to be able to say, I'm hitting enter right here, and this is what's happening. Yep. So, I mean, I, I love it. Yeah. You look perplexed by PIPL. Well, I just Googled it over here, and I'm just, I, I you had no idea to, about that. I try to get myself off of the internet as much as I can, and here I am staring Seriously. at some third-party search yep. engine api and, now and go just... go to the price go to the prices and you're probably going to sign up because it's it's maybe 40 cents for uh the highest level search for someone if it comes back with a result you're charged if Gosh. not you're not but there's so yep. much stuff you can do and like you just, uh, like you, I said, said, I you, you just increase david's anxiety no, it's one of those things. Like I always go back and forth with my development project. I don't have enough so medication it, for this. It, it started out completely as a, a, a CLI Python application. And then I was like, huh, it'd be kind of cool to use Django and make a web interface to this and create dossiers on people. 
Oh, no, no. Yes. There it goes. <laughs> yep. Dossier. How, how do I get out of here? How can I undo? How do That's I, a different I, podcast. How you do know I control Z my life? In, in a few weeks, we'll have we have a buddy, another buddy of mine that does a lot of OSINT, and I think he'll be very popular, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully, oh, very cool. I'll point people to what they can do and maybe what not they can do. Oh yeah. There's just so much out there. And I mean, oh, yeah. I'm going to give, I'm going to give props to this book, open source intelligence techniques by Michael Bazell. Yep. Yep. It's the newest version of it. Um, I talked about him a few weeks ago, maybe even last week. He has, he's the guy that puts his phone in a Faraday bag before he gets anywhere close to his house so that it doesn't like beacon out. And like he, he is OSINT locked down to the max. Like, Mm-hmm. I listen to his podcast where he talks about how you can open a trust in your name, like not in your name, but in your name so that your house is under a trust. So no one can figure mm-hmm. out who owns your home. Cause yeah. obviously we, we all know home ownership is public available information. Yeah. You know, like no, it, the it, amount it, of publicly available information is ridiculous. So it's, and this goes back to your, your level of risk averse. Uh, David, you need another drink. I feel like, uh. <laughs> I hate this stuff. I hate losing my privacy to stuff. I just, this is. Oh, I mean, God. it's one of those things that. Says the guy that has a Snapchat account. Oh. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a TikTok account, David? Oh, my gosh. My stuff is not going to China, Brandon. It is it never going to end up. Because it, it already did. Because it already <laughs> did. Uh, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so risk averse in my whole life that I just, I want to, uh, I want to go off the grid. If there was a way to like truly go off the grid, I would do it. But still but be it's, technical, it's, it's very difficult. It's impossible. Oh, it's very difficult. It's impossible. So let's just I would say it's near impossible. I would agree it's near impossible. You need but, the internet, man. We all need yeah. internet. We all need like signals and Wi-Fi's and GB's and you know LTEs, all all the things need you know, you need them and uh, we, companies we need- are willing to sell them to you at high prices. Yeah. And the funny thing is that that's something that is so difficult for me to do uh, is make sock puppet accounts for research purposes. Uh, and again, going back to software development, uh, I made an application uh, called SockPup, and it's got some some pretty awesome ASCII art uh, for a banner, but it will generate uh, sock puppet information for profile um, name birthday, uh, where you grew up, uh, generates friends, uh, potential email addresses to register, uh, full body detail as far as like hair color, eye color, stuff like that. Uh, I had it so it generates uh, user agent string that you can use. And then I, I think this is about where we should cut Brandon off. <laughs> no, it's, it's all part of uh, just creating sock puppet accounts. Yeah, I mean, it's insane, Brandon. So, so, so one of the one thing, one of the, and it probably came from the Mike Bazell days, but I also have another person through another group of men. He has his own domain, and for everything he signs up for, he creates a different email account, mm-hmm. and forwards it all to like a, a essential one. So he'll know who and what sells his email address, right? So he might have like a, I don't know, uh, whatever Nike at you know kyle.com 
email, right? And that way he knows that if Nike sells his email address anywhere and stuff like that, you know. But I mean, this is, I mean, this is a great, I mean, we can go on for hours. Brian, don't go anywhere. Once we hit stop, we'll, we always kind of hang out for a little bit. I'll cut this out. Don't worry. But so I think it's a good sort of segue. You know, uh, I want to respect your time and what you have going on and things like that. But how do, how can anybody get a hold of you? What's your avenue of communication? You know, do you want people to reach out to you on Twitter, LinkedIn, both? You give them to me, I'll put them in the show notes. Uh, if you want to be, you know, you want to IRC it, and we can do that as well. Oh, God, so I, I, haven't been, I haven't been on IRC in a hot minute. I recently hacked my own Twitter or my own ICQ account from, uh, you know, 2000 and whatever. So if you want to be ICQ friends, I can be ICQ friends with you. Oh, my God, you're that guy. I am that guy. I literally came across that tweet recently. I remember that's, that. That's me. Am I following I you? I reverse things. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to see now. Uh, three one nine one nine seven his, five zero. His, anybody? I'll I'll be uh, I'll be your friend. His his uh, Twitter accounts. I reverse things. I just followed you. There oh you man! It, 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 seriously, it I, probably, been... I probably I probably I probably liked it, and you saw it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how, nice how, how back days. Anyway, Brent, how can people get a hold of you? How can people reach out to you if they want to talk more, or whatever it might be? Hit up you about the topics and put these in the show notes. Uh, um, LinkedIn, yeah, okay. LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Brandon at BrandonEckert.com. The least yep. uh, private domain name ever, but yeah. So I'll put all that in the show notes for those that are listening. So just take a peek at the show notes. I always post this to Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, yeah, Brandon, that was, delightful. Great having, that was great. Great having you on. It's always crazy how we like, oh, we'll hopefully we can hit an hour this week. And next thing you know, it's like an hour 15. And we're like, we got to keep it, keep it so that people want to listen to it. And, you know, I know our friends and family will want to listen to each of our individuals. But Brandon, thank you for being on. I really appreciate your time. Uh, you have a great story. You have a great background that I didn't even know about, even though we knew each other, but I didn't know your background. It's actually really interesting to learn a lot about that. Um, but in closing, as we always like to say, stay thirsty, everybody. And we'll see you the very next time. This guy, he's going to throw one more down. See you. Hey, cheers. Goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Uh,